Greetings, adventurers. Today we're excited to introduce you to a new story, Dark Dice, a horror podcast that blurs the line between actual play and audio drama, where the story is determined by the role of the dice. Six adventurers embark on a journey into the ruinous domain of the Nameless God. They will never be the same again. One of the players is not what they seem after a doppelganger, a creature that can assume the form and voice of whatever it kills, infiltrates the team. As the players are picked off and replaced one at a time, can they figure out who the monster is before it's too late? Can you? Here's a quick example of what our show sounds like. The, uh, shambler with the jar of liquid inside of him. Soren Arkwright let loose an arrow that cracked the glass, passing through the spine of the creature. The shambler still managed to maintain its forward momentum, but stumbled as it eagerly tried to bite and swipe at Soren, landing near his feet. As Jeff Goldblum has now joined our cast, Dark Dice is available however you listen to podcasts. What's up, everyone? I'm Noah Daniels, and we're here for another episode of the Real Hauntings podcast. On this episode, Kat and JJ are not here. They're actually traveling. I think today they are in Memphis um, as they head off for summer vacation to do some fun stuff. But we do have a special guest host for you. It's Sarah. You know Sarah. She's been on several episodes. She's done some Patreon episodes for us as well. She's an actor and comedian here in Atlanta. Sarah, how are you doing? I'm good. I am happy to be back. Sarah uh, digs in and plays the role of JJ as the one of the true skeptics that uh, visit us on the podcast. So I'm sure our fans will either love or hate that. So thanks for being here, Sarah. No problem. I'll try to do JJ justice. Yeah. <laughs> Just be really sweet, but sarcastic. I think yeah. that's the, uh, the mold for JJ. And on this episode, we have an awesome guest tonight. She is Taylor. Taylor Tracy, is that where you go for? Or do you go for the whole name? I go, for the, I go for the whole kit and caboodle. The whole Taylor and Tracy. So it's Taylor and Tracy. Make sure you check her out on TikToks. Just her name, Taylor and Tracy. Super easy. She has a ton of awesome, fun content and a really big following. You have like over 350,000 followers. I do. I do. Uh, I like to say that like the easiest way to find out anything about me is just Google me and then you find all of my stuff. <laughs> Yeah, that didn't work out so well for Bill Cosby, but I guess for you, it's probably... That's okay. I've Googled myself multiple times to make sure that it's good. (laughs) No, I'm sure it's all great stuff. And Taylor (laughs) actually had some pretty uh, interesting supernatural experiences aboard the Queen Mary. But before we get there... Taylor, we do like to find out where our guests kind of fall on what we call the Believe-O-Meter, zero meaning... They don't believe in ghosts at all, and 10 ghosts are absolutely real. Where do you kind of fall on that scale? I'm, uh, I would say I'm between like, like an eight and a nine. Um, ghosts is kind of the hard word for me. I, I believe that there are some ghosts probably for sure, uh, but I feel like more of the things that people interact with are more of like a spiritual level than someone who has passed away. So do you believe in more like residual energy and that kind of stuff? Kind of. I also believe in a lot of like just dark energy and like things that can get imprinted on things. Just like how like there's also like light energy, you know, you go into Disney World and you don't know why, but you're smiling. Like, I believe that's also still in that sort of spiritual something from the outside world is affecting you. Um, So I kind of see it more as that way, I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, I don't know if I've heard it exactly explained like that. So I'm uh, excited to hear (laughs) your take on it. Well, so you do a lot of different stuff. Why don't you kind of introduce yourself to our audience? Sure. Um, So I'm an Alaskan grown 
girls born and raised up in Alaska. And then since then, I've just been traveling the world. I've put on many different hats. I have a business management degree with a double minor in photography and theater. Um, I didn't decide until the end of college that I wanted to be an actress. And I moved out to LA to pursue that dream. Was an art teacher for like a year. Uh, <laughs> and then was like, this isn't giving me enough time. Uh, so then just full on quit my job and tried to act as much as I can. And it's just been a lot of adventures pertaining to that. I've done all of the weird side hustles from like PAing on sets to even at the, at the Queen Mary was a lot of my acting jobs, but then also I ended up building some of the sets and everything like that. Uh, and then it's moved on to being more of a producer now and creating my own content as well as working with other creators to create stuff. Yeah, I saw you were making a dating show. Can you tell us a little bit about that? Yeah, absolutely. So Dungeons and Dating is a nerdy, not BDSM dating podcast. <laughs> and Sorry, Sarah. What... Yeah. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> well, I mean, maybe for you, we can change it a little bit. We'll make one <laughs> level for it. Uh, but so what it is, is uh, people will apply. They'll be making characters of themselves kind of in the world of D&D. And they're going to go through sort of like a reality show that I put together where they are playing themselves, but they're playing themselves fighting against a Demogorgon type of thing. And then there's like mazes and all sorts of puzzles. And it's going to start with 20 contestants in the finale. It's going to go down all the way to four. Uh, and then after the finale, one winner will be picked. Awesome. And what does the winner get on your show? I think it's a date me. <laughs> that sounds really shallow, but it's like a bachelorette type of thing. <laughs> um, so this is this is season one. We're, I'm really testing the idea and stuff like that. Uh, and then what's going to happen is I'm going to put out applications for other bachelors and bachelorettes who love the game to try and help find romantic relationships through this way as well. So that's the hope of the future for the show. Yeah, no, that sounds fun. I appreciate your uh, ingenuity and hustle. That that takes uh, <laughs> some bravery for sure. That's awesome. I know you were on the Queen Mary, but did mm -hmm. you have anything happen to you before that that maybe informed your belief or experiences with the supernatural? I had actually like one really weird experience when I was younger. Um, and it wasn't just like, I guess I shouldn't say one weird experience, but one spirit that was kind of common. And in my house, uh, we moved to a bigger house and we had a little gray tabby cat. And for some reason, he just loved like kicking a marble around all the time, like one of my big ones. And that was just his, one of his main toys. Uh, so when he passed away, uh, you know, we felt it as a family. We ended up getting some more animals and stuff like that. But in the basement where he hung out the most, and our basement was like this weird, like 14 floor, like weird segmented tunnel into the earth type of basement. Uh, we could still hear, like it constantly sounded like there was a little marble just always going around the room and stuff like that. And Trouble, the name of the cat, he would do this common thing when he was alive where he would come and he would bat at the door and stuff and I have to let him into my room and he would do a perimeter check of the entire room and then he would leave that's all that he ever wanted to do and it became a thing of the door would start to shake again and so I would open the door and then you could just hear this marble just going all the way around the room and then there was one instance that like I just got woken up by what sounded like a cascade of marbles 
And I got, I woke up and suddenly just this biggest earthquake that I've ever been in starts to hit. And I end up going to the door frame and doing what you're supposed to do in an earthquake. And I had all of my soccer trophies about two shelves above my bed. And I had like huge trophies and tons of them. And they just full on fell and just smacked right where I was laying down. And so I was like, okay, that's a little bit weird. Uh, and then the, the final interaction with it was I moved away for college and I texted my little brother and I was like, Hey, I know you're moving into my bedroom. Uh, just so you know, at night, normally before you're going to bed, the door's going to rattle. You're going to open it up. You're going to let the marble go around the room and then you can close it and it won't rattle again. But if you don't open the door, it's going to rattle all night long. He, it happened. He didn't open the door. He couldn't sleep in the room for like five days until he finally listened to me and like opened the door. And he's like, this is the weirdest thing in the world. I'm like, I don't know what happens. Uh, but that was definitely my first interaction with just energy. That's a pretty significant interaction. Like, yeah, <laughs> it sounds like he was almost like a spirit guide looking out for you with that earthquake. Very much so. Yeah. And I'm guessing that was in California, not Alaska, where there was the earthquake. No, that was Alaska. <laughs> oh, really? I didn't know that earthquakes were in Alaska. Uh, actually, some of the biggest earthquakes happen in Alaska. So uh, Shows what I know. <laughs> Alaska's on the tectonic plate that has the circle of fire. That's why like all of the islands that come off of Alaska are actually in the same tectonic plate as the islands of Hawaii. Um, so it's constantly growing, just like how Hawaii is constantly growing. So lots of volcanoes up there. Oh, wow. That's really cool. Yeah. I'd, uh, learn something new. Sarah, were you aware that there were earthquakes in Alaska? Oh, yeah, I totally knew that. <laughs> <Asshole>. <laughs> so Sarah, what do you think about that? Uh, do you, have you ever had any experiences with like, um, animal spirits or anything like that? Um, when my, not an experience with them, I wish I did. I love that story. And but if I'm honoring JJ, you know, I would want to say that maybe it was just earthquake noises you heard that woke you up. But I also am, I would really love to believe that there was like a superhero cat out there trying to, <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing. Um, and I love that the cat's calling card was like the marble. And then it was like a cascade of marbles too. Yeah. You know? Because I had, I had big boxes of marbles. Like that was my thing was I just collected marbles. I also love cats. So that story just really, yeah, hits me. <laughs> yeah, that's super sweet. I saw a cat, I think, in the background when you first logged on. Do you, you have a cat, right? Or uh, it's, a, it's a very tiny dog uh, okay. that I'm actually pretty sure is about 50% cat, 20% bunny, and then the rest of his dog. I wish she would have been like, no, I don't have any animals. What are you? I know. I wait, yeah, wait, what did you say? Did you hear a marble? Uh, yeah. <laughs> I saw this cat spirit. <laughs> <laughs> They're real. Well, yeah, it's a super sweet story. Um, yeah. And did anyone else, so you said your brother experienced that. Did anyone else in the home have any Everyone in my family uh, would hear the marble when we were down in the basement. Uh, and then it was common for the marble to occasionally be heard uh, around the house. And we just kind of would go, Hey, trouble. Like it's just, just common. Wow. Oh, yeah. really sweet. So you had your experience with your old pet cat. Did you have anything else before the queen Mary? I didn't have too much after that. Uh, I had a lot of friends that kind of talked about stuff. Um, my biggest thing was I had all these weird kind of like irrational fears when I was in Alaska. And it was always just when I was walking to my house, 
I felt like a presence behind me, but I always just attuned that to there might be a moose or a bear. And so that was just the natural instinct of like, it's probably just a big animal. Let's go inside. <laughs> it's funny you say that. So my wife and I have been watching, or we watched uh, the show alone and I didn't really know a ton about like, moose in general but they're super dangerous like you have to be really careful they're very very dangerous they're kind of easy to get away from if you know what you're doing because like we get we get schooled like every year what to do with moose and bear um but they're they're also huge you know like they're bigger than cars yeah. And I know with bears, you're supposed to be like, Hey bear, Hey bear. That's the yeah. other thing that I, as, as deep as you can, be like, hey bear! and then you like put your arms up and you try and be as big <laughs> as you can. And if there's like a table to climb up on, you got to climb up on top of it. I remember one time I had like 15 of my friends. We were all on top of a picnic table. So just yelling at a bear. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah. I, I got, you know, I wish more people could experience Alaska because I haven't been, but it's somewhere I've always wanted to go because it looks so beautiful, but it's kind of like Hawaii. Like I know it's part of the U S but I also know I may never see it, which is so crazy. Oh, that's crazy. You have to go. It's definitely, it's like everywhere you look is a postcard. It's just amazing. Well, cool. So how did you find yourself working at the queen Mary? I feel like that is such an unusual spot for one to work. It's, it was a very unusual spot, but it was actually my uh, my first acting gig outside of college. Uh, I was living in Phoenix and then I would drive out to LA. I'd do two weeks of auditioning and then drive back to Phoenix for two weeks and just did that over and over again until I landed something that was worth like moving out there for. And so I booked the gig of being one of their like scare actors for their Halloween events. And it's about like a two month long gig. And so that's just kind of how that started. So did you buy into the hype of the Queen Mary before you went in? Because we had Jojo Wright on and he was telling us how that was like one of the spookiest places he's been to. I definitely did not buy on the hype when I started. Uh, It did not take long for me to buy into the hype, though. Uh, It got very scary very fast. Uh, And when you're at orientation for your new job and one of the things that you could get fired for is using a Ouija board, you you learn real quick they're serious. So for our audience members who may not be as familiar about the Queen Mary, can you tell us just some general information about it? Yeah, so um, the Queen Mary is a ship like the Titanic. It's a it's a very large ship. It was originally made, I believe, to uh, for the war to like bring soldiers very far and stuff like that. And then it later eventually became more luxury. And this ship has so many tales to tell. Uh, it's definitely like just you can delve into what the ship has gone through. This ship has ran over another ship full of soldiers and just killed a mass, a mass amount of people. This ship has been like, I think, I think it was something like 14 degrees or 10 degrees or something like that away from capsizing at one point when it got hit with a giant wave. Um, this ship has had people drown in it. This ship has had a murder in it. This person, the ship has had, uh, the, uh, an insane asylum. They used to like transport some insane people. Uh, B340 is probably the scariest place on this planet. Uh, and yeah, there's, oh my goodness, there's so much that is just happening there. And at the event that I was in, Dark Harbor, they take stories from the ship and the ghosts and the spirits, and they make mazes out of them. So you can kind of experience what 
it was like, or just also a make it way scarier type of thing. <laughs> so Sarah, as a skeptic, you let's say you are in a position where you know there is a location that is, you know, a bit legendary and it's hauntings. Like I've I've heard that if you really want to experience something supernatural. The Queen Mary is a good place to start to potentially have that experience. But I think there's one thing to visit a place and just kind of see what happens. But Sarah, would you dress up like a ghoul and haunt people in a place that is supposed to be haunted? Uh, I mean, that does sound very fun. Uh, I, I feel like it would be really fun. I do think it would maybe make me a little more paranoid, though. I would, I would maybe question things more than I probably do right now. And I probably would. Yeah. The, that it would be, it would be a tough balance, I think. Cause you also like when you start doing a job and especially when you're performing a job, you have to buy into and believe what you're doing. And so that's an interesting mind game to sort of have to play with yourself. Yeah, for <laughs> sure. I mean, Taylor, how was that for you when you started to kind of get into that role of working there? Um, so my first role for my first year, so I've worked there actually for three years now. Um, so you still my, work there? Well, uh, well, we didn't, we couldn't have it last year. Right. Um, so last year I didn't. And then there was, I worked there for two years. And then the next year uh, we did another event at Warner Brothers in the back lot. Uh, and so I played a lot of characters in there. Mostly I played Harley Quinn um instead of doing dark harbor and then that was a one-year thing so then i went back to dark harbor for another year um but so my first year there i just played it was just a generic character and it was just someone to scare type of thing i was a i was in this room full of body parts and in the corner there's a big animatronic heart the heart of the ship uh, that's beating and everything like that. And I'm a wife from the time era of this maze. It was the soulmate maze. Uh, and I had lost my husband. And so that was a big thing of my character was I was kind of telling the story because what this ghost does is she will take husbands and take men that come onto the ship and she's trying to create the perfect man. Um, so she cuts them apart. She has walls full of like the type of body that she wants to make and stuff like that. And so my character was just someone whose husband had been taken and I'm picking up body parts. I'm like, is this him? And uh, like putting the body parts in someone's face. I'm like, I think this is my husband. Oh my God. Uh, and then when I got really tired of crying, I just screamed at people. So, <laughs> so how, I mean, is that just a horrific event that somebody kind of made out of their own mind or is that based on some kind of lore from the boat? Yeah, so her name is Graceful Gale. She was a singer uh, in on the Queen Mary. And uh, what happened, what, I can't remember exactly how she died, but it was by betrayal via the man that she was with. Hmm. Um, and I think it also, no, the captain is with uh, the little girl. There's another maze called Lullaby and it's based off of the captain's uh, daughter that drowned in the pool. Uh, but this one, she was just a singer on the Queen Mary and she died there and it was because of a man. And so now she's on the hunt to actually find a mate that is worth everything. And is it alleged that she still haunts the boat? It is alleged that she still haunts the boat. Uh, it is common that people say that they'll see her in the bars and in the entertainment areas. And it's common that it's a woman 
that is dressed in the wrong era attire. It's kind of like the twenties ish attire, very like kind of a little bit flappery. She wears like a skin tight white dress. Uh, and people will be like, I'll see her at the bar and then I'll look away and I'll look back and she won't be there anymore. Type wow. of thing. You know, that's funny. You mentioned Disney world earlier. There's also kind of, I would put this almost like in the urban legend sphere of things, but people claim that they will be in line at like magic mountain and there will be somebody behind them in the wrong time period of clothes. And they'll have like a conversation with them in line the whole way. And then they get up to go in and poof, the person's not yeah. there anymore. Yeah. It's very similar to that. <laughs> Where is magic mountain? Uh, it's next to the magic Mike exhibit. Oh. Um, Ooh, Disney magic Mike. Is it all with like <laughs> Mickey and friends? <laughs> this episode is sponsored to dirty Disney. Uh, yeah. I don't, you know. <laughs> well, I mean, Daff, Daffy, Daffy, Daffy duck already doesn't wear pants. So, I mean, that's, that's he's true. already beating the system. Your Disney character reference. <laughs> really? I liked Daffy duck when I was a kid. Anyway, um, <laughs> Well, you know, people always tell us who have like these really uh, intense haunting stories, mm -hmm. we'll say, well, we named the ghost and then things really just like was pure bedlam. It's interesting mm -hmm. that at the Queen Mary, a, a known haunted location that they're basically building shrines to these ghosts, you know, it's like, well, if it wasn't yeah. haunted before, you're really summoning some energy. Well, and, and what's really crazy on the Queen Mary, so the Queen Mary is a hotel now, so you can go and you can stay there and stuff like that. And there's a lot of parties and conventions and stuff, but it's only on about half of the ship, the mm -hmm. part that they keep maintained and stuff. And where our event is, it doesn't get taken down. All the stuff that's on the ship, it's still there. Oh, so wow. like if someone were to wander into the back of the ship, like where they're not supposed to go, they can walk into a horror scene of just body parts and just gore and terrifying things. That would be pretty horrifying. Yeah. <laughs> that is amazing. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Sarah, that'd be a real ship show, you know what I mean? Uh -huh. oh. Oh. <laughs> there it is. <laughs> I've been told that since I I, I have a one-year-old, I've been told that my dad jokes are just getting even more worse than they were before I had a kid. <laughs> Actually a dad. Yeah. Uh, well, yeah, so that's pretty cool. What have you yourself experienced uh, something there where you're like, oh shit, this place is haunted. Yeah. Um, it was actually a thing that made me, when I said that I learned real quick type of thing, uh, that's probably the worst interaction that I've had with a spirit. Um, so there was this, area where I hide with my back against the wall and I'm looking down kind of the hallway to see when people are going to come because I'm going to jump out and scare them type of thing. And it's very common that monsters, actors are running through, <laughs> not actually, actors are running through the maze and stuff because we switch a lot of positions, people go on breaks. Uh, and then also we have ones that just go against the grain. So they're always like running through the crowd type of thing. And so it's pretty common for someone to just suddenly surprise you. Uh, but also I'm staring very intently this way. And then all of a sudden I am just shoved as hard as I've ever been into a rack of like body parts that's there. 
And I whip around to start yelling because it's like, yeah, we play pranks on each other, but like that, it hurt really bad. And I turn around and nothing is there. And I look down the hallway and no one is there. And I look over to the other door and nobody is there. And I don't even scare the group that comes in because I'm just so confused. And I met up with everyone after the day. And I was just like, hey, did like, it's okay if you did. And I understand that like you ran away because I hit real hard, but like, did somebody shove me? And nobody fessed up. And I was like, I was pretty fast. I don't think I caught them. And then it was like two days later, two of the biggest handprints of just bruises were on the side that got shoved. And I was covered in bruises from all of the other events. You don't, you don't work a horror event without just being covered in bruises, but they were very distinct, just two hands. And that was when I was like, okay, I'm not going to pretend y'all don't exist anymore. <laughs> well, you had, okay. So you had the experience with your cat and I would have mm -hmm. to think that that kind of allows your mind to go to a place where you could believe in ghosts and spirits or, you know, energy or, or mm -hmm. whatever it is, something from the beyond. And then you go to this boat and you have handprints of something potentially that is supernatural. How do you compartmentalize that a dead person may have reached out from the void and shoved me into a wall? Like, how do you process that information? Well, so like, it's the same thing. Kind of like, I don't, I don't think that it's a dead person. I don't think it's a person. I don't think it's a human that's walked this earth that has passed away and is like, Hey, I'm going to shove that blonde chick. Um, I think it's the energy of these people that have been coming into this ship um, that has left, you know, like horror and fear and it just festers in these rooms. And I think if you get enough of it, in one area that it can become these powerful things and, and it can take on kind of a persona of its own of playing pranks and stuff like that. Like in that, in that man specifically, we did commonly talk about a very tall, dark figure that would pass by and it, it always looked like a shadow was cast, but there was no figure in the hallway. And we, you know, like we, commonly you know we'd see a tech guy come out of nowhere and we're like okay that was the tech guy um so there there were instances that it was like it is it's right offable type of thing but i don't think it's i don't think it's a person i think it's just all of those emotions and things coming together on that ship because if you take that ship from the beginning of time and the insane people that have been on it it can create something pretty frightening hmm. and then add that with halloween <laughs> Yeah, I so I, I grew up and I never was really into horror or haunted houses um, or horror movies because I've always had like really vivid dreams. And I just assumed that that would make that worse. Right. You know, I'd have like whenever I did have like a night terror or something and I would remember it and hated it, uh, especially as a child. But then my wife loves all that stuff. So like throughout us dating, I would say, OK, for Halloween, you can pick whatever movie. It can be as campy, tropey, horror, like whatever, wherever you want to go in the horror genre, I will watch it. And then I fell in love with the genre. And like, I've been to Halloween Horror Nights and all that stuff. So I think it would be kind of cool to experience the Queen Mary's horror show. Like how popular is that? Do you guys sell it out? Like tons of people go to it? Oh yeah. Oh, it's, it's insanely popular. I believe that... I think last year, uh, so the company is Myco2 
that runs all of it. And they do a lot of events for all sorts of things all over the United States. And I think they took the idea of the Queen Mary and some of the creatures from the Queen Mary. And I think they actually brought it over to uh, the Atlanta area or somewhere over there. They brought it oh, over really? to the East coast for another event. Oh, cool. Um, but yeah, the queen Mary, it's, it's absolutely amazing. Cause you do get to walk by, well, you used to be able to walk by some of the historical locations in it, like lullaby. You used to be able to walk above the pool that the girl drowned in. Ugh. And, and now it's a thing of, they're like, yeah, they had like something was wrong with the area it just wasn't safe anymore because it's just mm. decrepit like they don't they don't take care of that part of the ship it looks exactly like it did when it was made and it's all destroyed type of thing uh so now it's, you can still walk by the pool but you're a distance away and can you tell us a little bit you mentioned that you're not allowed to use a ouija board there can you tell us about that i i think it was it it's half some people very much so believing that it brings forth the energies and it calls upon the dead and things like that. And then I also think it's like some employees that work there that are very spiritual and feel very connected and, and believe so strongly in all of these things, you know, that's not really fair to them because you're just calling these dark spirits that, that your coworkers are genuinely afraid of. Right type of thing. So it, it was a it's a little bit of both of they don't want to invoke anything because they do even say in orientation, hey, make sure when you enter the ship and you enter these specific rooms that you announce yourself and like you give a little speech of like, hello spirits, my name is Taylor. Uh, I'm here to work on the ship. I hope we can work together. I mean, you know, harm uh, and stuff like that. So we do announce them to the rooms type of thing, and that could also be to help settle those that truly, truly believe that Mary or the crazy guy from B340 or Graceful Gale or, you know, in the captain, you know, might come out and, and hurt them. So I've heard you say B340 a couple of times. What is yes. that? So B340, it's a specific room on the ship. So, you know, every room has, has a number and B340 had a guy, he went insane on the ship and this is a true story. Uh, and they took him into this room. And in the olden days, you know, they don't know really how to handle mental illness or insanity. And he was trying to physically harm himself. And so they chained him down to the bed. And the big thing that he kept trying to do is he kept trying to reach his face and to reach his eyes. And so they chained him down so that his hands could not reach. They were about like a good distance away and someone came to check on the room and his face was completely scratched off and his hands were bloodied and there was his own skin under his fingernails. No one knows how it happened. No one knows what made this man insane. Uh, but I think to this day, only one person, two people have slept in the room and it was like a YouTube uh, group that really liked exploring those things. They convinced the queen mary to let them sleep in this room but until that group no one was allowed to go in that room like you you get close to it and you feel weird and i'm pretty sure the guys that even went in there i don't think they were able to spend the whole night in there but it's technically the most haunted place on the ship god i thought you were gonna say one of them started to scratch their face off i was like oh no <laughs> So Sarah, would you be up for staying like as a skeptic, right? You don't really believe in ghosts. 
you know, would, would you be willing to stay in like one of the most awful, like, I mean, that, that sounds pretty like double down. I don't believe in ghost kind of behavior. Would you stay in that room? Uh, no, only cause I just really like my own bed. <laughs> yeah. There's nothing in there anymore. It's a completely, they took everything out. Oh, really? Yeah. They took everything out, closed it, locked it. Wow. Yeah. No, I don't think I'd play with that. I like, cause I definitely believe in energies of, if you know, something happened there, you're feeling an energy and feeling very empathetic to a situation or a person, even if they're not there anymore, that's very real. I'd imagine that's what a lot of people feel when they go in there. Yeah. I used to go in there. Yeah. That's a pretty scary tale. I mean, that's, man, I'm just thinking about the physicality of having to do that to yourself. That's he, he yeah. obviously had some, some real issues. Yeah. Um, that, and- that maze, that maze is all centered around him being crazy. So when you're walking through the maze, it's just a full, just insane trip type of thing. And there's a section in the maze where they've recreated him on the bed with his face and everything like that oh no yeah (laughs) now and do people claim that they've seen him no no one has claimed to see him it's just like a horrific tale kind of like it's it's a horrific tale um i'm i'm pretty sure there's like some there's a lot of stuff written on that one uh and then when people do like a tour of the cruise or the ship because there's lots of ghost tours all the time you can always take a ghost tour there uh you walk you walk by the room it's still just a room in the ship uh but yeah man wild and as far as like the other uh kind of big figures and lore there are there people that claim they see like the captain's daughter or anything like or 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 is it kind of the same yeah so we we call her mary um i don't believe that that is her actual name i believe we've changed it because she's a child um and so she drowned in the pool and it is very common for people to to feel a child spirit uh even one time it was another really weird experience but it wasn't a bad one i was working building the mazes and I was inside of the ship uh, taking a break or I was dumping water or something like that. And I just feel this presence like come up and kind of like tug on my shirt. And I look down and there's nothing really there, but I put my hand out to where like a child level would be. And I feel what Phantom feels like a kid grabbing my hand. And I was like, hmm, okay, where do you, where do you need me to go? And she just kind of takes me over and she just kind of takes me to the restroom. And I was like, okay, okay, I'll come in here. And so I just, I just went to the restroom and hung out for a little bit. And then eventually I feel the tug again and take me out of the restroom. I was like, okay, I'm glad I could help you. <laughs> You're <laughs> so it. calm about all this. I would have just screamed and ran out. Like that would I have mean, been it's the a child. Step it's a kid. She's a girl that needs help going to the bathroom. And you know, I've been there. That was, that was my fourth year of working at the Queen Mary. Oh, I thought you were going to so. say when I was four, I needed help. going. No. To I've been there. You know, I know what it's like to be. I know what it's like. It's all been there. Oh Yeah. <laughs> Um, so, so it was my fourth. So I was pretty used to just being like, if you feel some sort of sensation, just lead it where it needs you to go type of thing. And what do you think it is about you that has allowed these spirits or energies to interact with you? Cause I mean, not everybody gets an experience, right? There's a lot of people that will go their whole lifetime and maybe it's because they're shut 
off to these experiences or whatever the reason is, but why do you think you've been able to have some of these experiences? Um, I, so I'm a tarot reader myself. Um, my last year at the Queen Mary, that was actually my main job was, was I was reading tarot. So I, I feel like I connect really quickly with spirits that are around as well as just the spirit of like, of humans, of other people and stuff like that. And that's what a lot of the tarot card readings come from. Like my favorite is I have a animal spirits deck. And so on the cruise, that was my common spirit reading was I would give people kind of what spirit animal they give off or what animal is guiding them at the time. Um, but I've, I've always just kind of been open to that. And I don't know if it's because I grew up in such a spiritual place like Alaska, like you just feel connected. Well, I'm curious. So, and feel free to be like, no, fuck off. But do you, have you ever done a tarot reading like over zoom? I can do a tarot reading over zoom. I, I would have before. Yeah. I would love for you to do one on Sarah if you're up for it. Uh. <laughs> <laughs> She's the one that has to want it. I know. Well, no, cause I was sitting here thinking like when you told the story about the girl tucking on your shirt, I'm like, if that was happening to me, I think I would just be like, Oh, a string is loose. And it's like caught on my pants. Like I would, I, I, it's interesting. And it was kind of nice hearing you describe it. And like, just the way you were describing it of listening to your, body and listening to this energy around you I was like that's that's a nice open way to be I yeah I, I feel like that would be hard to do sometimes but it's nice that you can kind of open yourself up and feel those things and kind of just go with them yeah I feel like it's because a lot of people when they think of ghosts and spirits and stuff like that they think of the evil and the benevolence and the cruel and the haunting and stuff like that but I think there's a lot more good in this world than there is evil. So like you can't, even if you're in a scary place, you can't expect that the energy that comes up to you is going to be bad. Just like if you're in a dark alley, you can't expect the person that comes up to you to be a scary person. You know, sometimes it's, it's a nice person and it's someone that needs your help type of thing. Uh, and so I like to try and enter that to, into my way of dealing with the world is, you know, if it's something bad, it's, it's going to hurt you regardless you're ready for it or not. So I'd rather be ready for something that's good and be able to experience what it wants for me. And Sarah, I don't think I didn't notice that misdirection as much <laughs> as I appreciated it. Think of the audience, Sarah, don't you want a tarot? We can, reading? We can do it. Yeah, we can do it. <laughs> so Sarah, you would be open to getting a tarot reading? Sure. Sure. All right. Well, I have never done a tarot reading ever, so I'm not even sure. <laughs> sure. Okay. So like what I like to do is, uh, if it's a real simple one card reading, uh, that's what I'll pull like an animal spirit. If you want to know an animal, or if you just have a specific question, like if you want to be like, Hey, what needs to motivate me right now? Or you can ask it, what's in my way, what's blocking my path. Or you can say, what do I need to strive for? And, and it's normally just like a question that you're asking into the world's type of thing. And it can even be as easy as like one word. You know, Taylor, state. is the past, future, present, the one where you get the three cards and it kind of works through who you are? Yeah. So, so yeah. So past, uh, past, present, future, it shows what you've gone through in the past, where you are currently in your path. And then where your path is intended to go or something to keep in mind as you're going forward. I think we should do that one. 
Wanna do that one? All right. To start with the deck, um, give me something, just something about yourself that maybe you're curious about. Something, something that either in the presence that defines you or something, a goal that you want to work towards in the future. And that'll give the deck a little bit of direction to go off of. Okay. Um, I definitely want to work towards some balance in my life in the future. Yeah. Okay. So balance. So with tarot cards, so what I'm doing now is I'm shuffling it, thinking of you and thinking of your intentions and thinking about balance and asking it to really just tell me something of what's going to bring you balance in the future or in premise of just what this deck needs to tell you. And the way that I do it is I, I split my deck and I let it figure it out on its own. So I just pull the whole deck type of thing and where it just kind of goes like, Bop, and it's like, those will be your cards. And so that the energy in my mind kind of fills that out. I will happily show you these. So your past is the Ace of Wands. Oh, okay. So here's your past there. And then, now this deck is beautiful. This deck is called the Wild Unknown. And what I love is some of the intentions that the creator of this deck has even put in for it. Because uh, that's another big thing with tarot cards is a lot of the meanings. This is classic tarot as well. Um, but a lot of who creates the artwork says a lot about the cards. So the Ace of the Wands. In your past, it has a lot of expansion, expansion and inspiration. Those are kind of your key words for your past. An extremely high energy card, the Ace of Wands indicates new growth in all around you. Your ideas and outlook will expand and creativity seems endless. This fertile time can also have literal meanings. Could be a birth, maybe on the horizon, or in this case, your own birth. Though it's thrilling to embark on your new journey, your good judgment is needed more than ever and try not to rush into it. So that card is talking about your birth and your growth into this creative person that you're becoming and stuff like that. Your, pres your presence, I love this card so much. It's the mother of pentacles. So you have a deer. Well, that would be a pretty deer. tattoo. Yeah. So we'll pull up that card here. And both of those are pretty powerful cards, which is always fun. The Mother of Pentacles, she's the second most powerful card in the Pentacles. The next most powerful is the Father. So your keywords for your present life, uh, for your present situation is domestic, loving, and patience. So the Mother of Pentacles excels in the home. She knows exactly what to do while raising a family and tending to the tasks of daily life. There's a potential for her identity to become wrapped entirely around her children and home, which leaves her needy and attached. This is the case of most of her turmoil. She often has qualities of a healer and is very connected to nature. So do you have anything in your present life that you consider, it doesn't have to be a physical child. It can be a, like my projects are my child's. Do you have something that you feel like you're tied down to that's maybe causing havoc on this balance that you want to reach? Uh, might be a little too invested in work right now. There you go. Work-life balance is very important. So 
if work is your baby, this card might be a sign of like, hey, don't forget, you know, there's loved ones, there's home, there's things like that. Take a look at what you're really holding on to right now. Sarah, does this conversation sound familiar? Like maybe you had it with somebody <laughs> yesterday? I don't know. Is that weird? <laughs> No one was telling me I needed to address some of these issues yesterday, so it's fine. (laughs) We're fine. Well, now for your future, you got the five of wands. So the fact that you got the ace of wands in your presence and the in your past and wands again in your future. Going to Hogwarts immediately a sign of just like maybe touch back to what you came from in the past because it's bringing it up again uh so the five of wands your main power words are going to be scattered lack of focus and lost so the five of wands is a card of conflict you may find yourself scattered distracted tending to everything and nothing since wands deal with our dreams and goals it usually means this conflict resides within your energy It usually means this conflict resides within. Your energy moves outwards in many directions, yet you are suffering inside. Take this card as a warning. Find ways to bring calm and focus to your mind, or these troubles will only increase. So two of these cards are telling you the same message, pretty much. (laughs) Two cards and one friend. I don't know. It probably doesn't mean anything, Sarah. Right. But isn't that crazy how spot on like that when I had I had a tarot card reading. Yeah. I mean, it's I was blown away with mine on the podcast. It's the same. It's just like I mean, I'm not I shouldn't speak for you, Sarah. I'm sorry. It's just it's exciting to see it play out, I guess. Yeah. Was it exciting for you? (laughs) I don't know. A little nervous about my future now. (laughs) (laughs) Luckily, that card, like it even says that card is just a warning. Uh, so it's actually good. Like, it's good that you're asking these questions now, you know, that, that, that it's on your forefront is really good. And the card is just like, Hey, this is a warning. Definitely keep your eye on this. And cards can always change. You can do a different reading tomorrow. And based off of decisions you make today, you're going to get a different card. Thanks. That was awesome. I, yeah, I, I really love, like, I don't know, you have a very nice, like, energy and presence when you talk about these things it's actually I am not a very open to the world kind of person and it's it's really nice to just see you be that type of person I don't know (laughs) well thank you that's so nice yeah and thanks for taking the time for doing that I know you know that wasn't why we brought you on (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> I love it. Are you kidding? I love, I, oh, I do tarot readings all the time. It's my favorite. Well, that's very, very kind of you to do that. And <laughs> your stories are great. I've always been ex- very curious about the Queen Mary. We've had a couple guests kind of talk about like individual experiences or just kind of mentioned it in passing, you know, like, oh, I live in LA, you know, there's Queen Mary, you know, but we haven't had anybody on who has such an intimate relationship with it, like you do, who works there, who's had supernatural experiences there. So that's, that's really awesome. <laughs> we are coming up on our hour. And before we get you out of here, I would love to reiterate where our fans can find you. So Taylor, if you can let them know about all the awesome stuff you've got going on and how they can um, follow you online. Yeah, absolutely. So my name is Taylor and Tracy. It's Taylor and Tracy on every single platform, TikTok, YouTube, Twitch, 
Instagram, absolutely everything. Uh, my big projects right now, I actually have a TV show that I produced, helped write and star in, and it comes out every Friday on YouTube. Uh, it's on the Critical Films YouTube, and the show is called Becoming Famous. And if you are a TikTok fan, you'll recognize my best friend. She's Freckled Hobo on TikTok. And then uh, my normal stuff is uh, honestly just a lot of D&D &D content. I have live D&D &D games. Uh, on Monday, I play City of Promise at 8 p.m. Uh, on Dragons and Dreamers on Twitch. On Tuesday, I play the game Terraform at 5 o'clock on Longshot RPG on Twitch. On Sunday, I run the tech, and occasionally you'll see me pop in as Hippie Queen Bone on For the Crown of Feywild on Freckled Hobo's Twitch. And then in production right now, I'm working on creating Dungeons and Dating, a nerdy, not BDSM, dating podcast. <laughs> Which is such a fun, I mean, I, the, I get sold alone on names. That's always like one of my favorite part of coming up with new projects. And I mean, you hear that and you're like, yeah, I'll check that out. I don't even do D&D, &D, but I am a huge nerd. So I'm very aware of, you know, that <laughs> world. So awesome. And Taylor, I'm, I, this is just for personal curiosity. Have you ever been to Dragon Con in Atlanta? I have not, but I believe I'm going to try and go this year. Okay, I will uh, say that this is the first year ever that they're capping attendance because of the pandemic. So if you are like, I went ahead and bought my ticket two days ago just to be safe. Um, okay. And I think there's still only $100 for the whole weekend. So it's probably okay if you are interested in it, jumping on it. But if you do go, Absolutely. you'll have to let us know because like uh, we have a crew that has been going for a while. And of course, being invested in the comedy and acting scene in Atlanta, like it's a pretty fun ragtag bunch of cosplayers and improvisers that get together for Dragon Con. Absolutely. That would be so much fun. Uh, actually, pre-pandemic, I moved to Atlanta. Uh, Shut up. I was, yeah, I was working. I worked there acting for about like two weeks and then all the productions got closed because uh, of COVID and then nothing opened back up. So I was like, I'm gonna go home until this is figured out. <laughs> yeah, that was such a, I feel you. I, I was um, a sneeze away from getting uh, a gig on the Food Network for this barbecue Ooh. show and then summer didn't happen so it, yeah <laughs> the show never yep. happened i know um, i was doing i was doing stunts on a film for two months and that all got canceled uh, well your star is shining bright and you're going to continue to rise and we can't wait to see all the awesome stuff you're doing we'd love to bring you back we'd love to bring people back to guest hosts and do different things to kind of keep them in our atmosphere is that a thing you call i don't know <laughs> yeah, uh, little indie ghost world that we built for ourselves but yeah let <laughs> us know what you've got going on feel free to reach out and we're always happy to promote stuff and have you back on and maybe we'll see you at dragon con yeah thank you guys so much for having me this has been an absolute blast awesome thank you taylor have a good night thank you she was really calm about a lot of that stuff i mean i don't know about you if if i had and this is the second episode in like three weeks that we recorded where somebody has told a story where a something supernatural has shoved them and left handprints. And if I could see literal imprints of something from the beyond on my body, I would probably have to go to a mental institution. Yeah. Well, and it is interesting because, you know, she was saying she doesn't view it as a person, but the representation on her body was of a of humans, you know, right. Like it's cool. She had some really interesting stories. 
if we get to go out and film in LA um, anytime soon, we'll have to go check out the Queen Mary. Everybody keeps talking about the place. So now I like, I just want to see it to at least have a frame of reference. Yeah. Well, and the fact that they say they don't upkeep the area that they like, I don't even understand how that's possible for it to not be upkept. I would think it would be in complete shambles by now, but I know. Yeah. I kind of want to see it to understand. I know. I remember Jojo Wright saying that you could stay there, but I've forgotten about that, that it's like also a hotel, Yeah. but yeah, it seems like the people who own the queen Mary and it may, I don't know, maybe this state owns it or city. Cause I'm sure it's like a historical landmark, but whoever owns it, they've obviously embraced the idea of the trauma and stuff that's happened there. And, you know, by, <laughs> having a room full of fake body parts and all, i mean that's just wild to me i've never heard of like there's like the cecil hotel that's um kind of infamously haunted and people on tiktok and youtube make videos about it they don't throw a haunted house party in in that place like i mean it's it's really bizarre to toe the line that far of their ghost here we're throwing a haunted house yeah I don't know. I, I honestly don't know if I could could work there. It'd be hard. I, I would do it until I probably had an experience and then I would kind of nope out. It'd be a little too real for me. Don't you think, because you said you have vivid dreams, like don't mm -hmm. you think every night you would go home and just have the craziest dreams? Well, you know, I thought that before I got into watching horror movies and stuff and, and knock on wood, it hasn't really had any correlation there. And I don't have too many terrible dreams anymore. I think for me, it's always associated with anxiety. And just over the past couple of years, I've been able to reduce my anxiety a lot that used to stem maybe from like my old job or, you know, whatever prior engagements or whatever. And uh, that's helped a lot, but I still get them from time to time. Um, and it's horrifying. I find much more interesting the dreams I have that feel like real life that I've had over and over and over. Like there's certain dreams that I've probably had a hundred times or more and it's in the dream. It feels so real. And sometimes they turn into a lucid dream because in, in the dream I go, Oh, this is the dream. And then I just kind of mess around in the dream. But when that doesn't happen, I always wake up so disappointed that that, that dream isn't real and that I'm back in reality. You know, it's a momentary disappointment. I'm happy with my life and, yeah. you know, things like that. But in the dream, I can move things with my mind. So it's really fun. And I've had it like a thousand times, but I was told that that's because I like control. And in a dream, when you can literally control things with your mind, it stems to that giving you peace when you, you know, so yeah. <laughs> probably not the most complimentary thing. Yeah. Nothing can hurt you because you control all of it. Do you, are you a vivid dreamer? Do you typically remember your dreams? Uh, I do. I definitely have pretty intense dreams. I don't always remember them. And then when I do, they are always ones that like never make sense logically. Mm. Um, especially when I take melatonin, my dreams get a little. Same. Melatonin leads to some um, wacky dreams for me. Yeah. Do you have, have you had dreams that have repeated themselves? I definitely for like a long time had the, the, I feel like a lot of people have this dream of like, you're going down a long hallway, but you can't, you're trying to run, but your body won't run. And you're trying to like yell, but your mm, body won't. It's like that it. muffled kind of thing. Yeah. And it's just like, there's people chasing you kind of thing. Yeah. For me, when that happens, I end up a lot of times waking myself up because I'm trying to yell so hard that I will yell myself awake. It's super yeah. weird, very yeah. strange sensation when that happens. 
It is, yeah, I usually wake up from those with that like dropping sensation, you know, when you like wake up and your whole body has convulsed. <laughs> oh, that's interesting. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's like a sh- almost like a shock, like a, yeah. somebody's hit you with an electric shock. Well, I'm curious, Sarah. So, you know, it sounds like you're open to some ideas of the supernatural, but, you know, obviously it seems like you're skeptical because you haven't had any hardline experiences. So we did a tarot reading on the podcast and obviously we won't go into like your personal life or anything, but I'm, I I just wonder, you know, and, and tarot reading isn't necessarily supernatural, right there. It could just be chance or whatever, but how did you interpret that? I mean, how did that feel for you to hear some ideas that you've probably put thought into, or like you and I had a conversation similar to some of the stuff she was saying recently, do you, do you just throw that up to chance or how do you kind of interpret all that? I mean, I do think on the one hand that no matter what three cards she chose, they could somehow relate to my life. I think that's sort of by design of everyone's going through Kind of like reading your astrological sign in the newspaper or something. Yeah. Or like, what do they say? There's only like 27 stories you can tell. It's like everyone's lives. uh, You can out of, you know, 27 stories, you you can connect somehow to anything in your life. Um, But I mean, yeah, I, it was interesting. The future card was the, cause the other two were barely balanced and, you know, at least positive or like, here's these things that this, these cards are talking about. And then the future one was just like, oh, it's going to be chaotic. <laughs> it was a little ominous. It was like almost like a warning. I felt like. It, yeah, it felt a little like, should I question my past decisions? But uh, see, I, that's interesting that you interpreted it like that. I saw it more as, hey, think about specifically the things that are in your life in the moment and how you're processing them, knowing that rush decisions or decisions could affect your future. That's, I don't know. That's how I heard that, but I may have just wanted to hear it like that. I don't know. You know yeah. But that's I mean, that's I maybe it. a little better of an interpretation. Yeah. It was interesting. I don't know. I mean, I, I just, I know you, so I wanted to put you on the spot there because <laughs> I had, and I was also curious because I, we're friends. I was like, Oh, well, at least I'll have a somewhat of an idea if it hits a little bit. I mean, obviously we don't know everything about each other, but yeah. But specifically what came out was I found very interesting that that's just happens to be what the tarot card deck pulled out. Why is that? Well, because we just talked about balance like yesterday. Well, but I said I wanted to work on balance. Right. Well, that's true. That's fair. Put it in all of our minds ahead of time. But she did read it out of a book. I mean, it's not like she was looking down improving what she was saying to you. you She pulled that card out and then read the yeah. explanation. But yeah, I don't know. I find tarot stuff interesting. I kind of avoided it for a long time because I didn't really know what to make of it. It kind of seemed like a magic trick to me. But now after seeing another one, it is pretty cool. I think that's why I like having the mediums on too, because it's like at the end of the day, I can't really tell if they're just really good at what they're doing or if, if there is some kind of outer dimension, something at play. Yeah. I mean, I will say like, I definitely believed all of her stories and that she felt the energies and things that she was describing. For sure. I don't think she told any lies on the podcast. I mean, she doesn't, they would have been more grand. You know what I mean? That's why I think a lot of times you can tell these stories are true from the perspective of the person who experienced them. 
because if you are lying, you, you know, there's some episodes and they're few, but there's like a couple episodes where I'm like, I don't really know if I believe this one necessarily because it's a little too storybooked and crazy, if that makes sense. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. No, they were all very calm. And <laughs> I just, yeah, I, I think it's such an interesting skill to have to open yourself up to the world. I think that's a very hard thing to do. I think that's extremely hard to do because not only are you living a life that allows you to do that, you're really letting your guard down. And I would think opening yourself up to potential harm because you're living that life. But she kind of said, hey, look, maybe, but bad things are going to happen anyway. So why not embrace the good, which like what an awesome philosophy for life. Yeah, yeah, it was it was nice hearing her talk about it like that. So that was her philosophy on life. What's yours, Sarah? Uh, Just keep everything close to the chest. (laughs) And with that, I'm Noah Daniels. I'm Sarah Stevens. Every five minutes, a transplant candidate dies while waiting for a compatible heart, liver, or kidney. Imagine a technology that could provide those life-saving transplant organs for a high price, and imagine what a company would do to monopolize that technology. On a remote island in Lake Superior, a team of geneticists unlocks this holy grail of medicine by reverse engineering the genomes of all mammals, creating an animal with organs perfectly suitable for human transplantation. They envisioned a docile herd animal, but one team member had another, darker vision. This ancestor is anything but docile. The team's work spawns something big, something evil, something very, very hungry. Ancestor is a complete serialized fiction podcast by number one New York Times bestselling novelist Scott Sigler with all episodes available. Binge the entire story now on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, or wherever you listen to podcasts.